All right, we begin a new week. It is good to be back and to talk with you. Um, we'll wait a few minutes to get a little audience here before we actually begin. I got some great stuff to talk about. Um, my subject, can you succeed without failing? Can you? Good question. We'll hit that in a moment. In the meantime, let me see if I can finish what I was trying to do, which was, okay, it's been an interesting day. Uh, before I get started, um, I keep talking about communication, and it's kind of interesting. It's it's almost like, um, it's almost like, when you when you buy a car, and let me explain. Uh, what happens is, let's say you wanted a uh, red Jeep. Well, before you bought that red Jeep, you didn't notice that many on the road. All of a sudden, when you buy it and, and you're driving down the road, it seems like everywhere you turn around the corner, you see a red Jeep. It's like, I didn't know there were that many out there. Well, that's because our awareness has been brought up higher so that we're more aware now. So then we start um, seeing them. And it's the same way, I think, with some of the uh, mental things that we talk about. I've been talking about communication. And uh, again, uh, you know, my wife had a challenge with communication. She was talking to my daughter about on the way to church yesterday. And then um, I had been. Um, teaching and uh, giving positive acclamations and some pointers on uh, communication in my office. And again, um, with communication, uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Someone came up to me and said, uh, maybe you probably need to put another novel on communication today. Um, it didn't quite get there, but I'll probably put a note out tomorrow concerning, tomorrow concerning communications because um, I guess we were having a challenge. I guess the, the uh, note I'll make on communication today, it's something you need to do often. And uh, um, it's kind of like writing, they say, save often and uh, uh, many times um, so that you don't lose your data. Same thing with communication. Uh, seek, to be, uh, seek to understand and not to be understood first. When you do that, uh, then you keep your keep your um, audience in mind. And what's really critical about um, communications is that what we have to constantly be saying to ourselves is, is this going to be received correctly on the other side? Uh, I do a little maintenance in, with, with uh, some houses and I know I had um, done some repairs and I was trying to uh, be assertive with some of the things that, um, someone needed to do and i was thinking about how to um draft my little text so that it wouldn't be perceived as negative and because sometimes you know uh i understand we're busy we've got a lot to do but i think we need to take that one moment to realize that we're not dealing with robots we're dealing with human beings and that we need to stop that one moment and um just kind of um, 
um, do that little gut check before we send a note out or before we talk to someone. And even after, sometimes reflect for a moment. And, and sometimes what I do and what you may want to do sometimes is once you've uh, communicated with someone, kind of ask a couple of questions if they, to, to make sure that they understood and not just watch for the answer in terms of the response, but watch the body language. Because remember, a lot of communication was over 80% of communication, 80% plus. It's not the, t the words. It's the tone. It's the body language. It's the expressions. And they can tell you a lot more than just the words. So when you actually talk to someone and you give them instruction or something, and make sure that it's clear and that they don't take it the wrong way and that uh, you're giving it in good in good standard. Okay, so our subject today, can you succeed without failing? Can you succeed without failing? Okay, excuse me a second. My eye was itching. All right. Now, I want to uh, go as far back as uh, when you were two years old. When you were two years old, um, at that time, we know that our reason, reason mind or our subconscious mind is not developed. Now, just think, if when we were learning to walk at two years old, if we had our reasoning mind, think about it. You're on your knees, you get up the first time, you wobble, and you fall down. You don't think about it because you don't have a, a reasoning mind. You just know you want to do it. And you thought it was kind of cool. So you get up and you do it again. Then you fall. And you just keep doing it. And all of a sudden you realize, if I hold on to this table here and get up, and then I let go for a second, I can balance myself. And you do that a few times. And then you notice, it's like, wow, man, maybe I'll try taking a step. You take that first step and you fall over, you bang your head, no one says anything, you kind of shake it off, you get up and you try again, and you just keep going over and over again. But think about it, if we had our reasoning mind and uh, we just didn't complete the task the first, the second, or third time, how many of us would have just given up? Would we all be... Uh, crawling on our knees today as opposed to standing up and walking around. So we've been making mistakes since we were since we were we were little children. The problem is as we began to develop our uh, mind, a, a conscious mind and start to reason, um, we start to build up these uh, these mental blocks or negative things that stop us from continuing to grow uh, through those things. Um, so the next thing I, I, I can remember doing was, um, how they taught us how to ice skate. I, I'm from the North in Rhode Island. And I remember the uh, big thing was, how did you learn how to ice skate? How did they teach you that? Well, probably the greatest way that my cousins <laughs> taught us is they'd get you up on your skates. They'd ice skate and hold your hand out to the middle let you go and then say go for it 
And then, you know, after you've fallen about 15 or 20 times, you finally made it back to the edge. Then they do it again. After about the third or fourth time, you start to kind of get the motion about how to actually skate. And then hopefully by the end of that first or maybe second day, <laughs> you, you, you've managed to understand a little bit more about the method and what you, how you have to move in order to skate. So that was an example. Then um, here's an interesting one. I can remember, excuse me a second. My nose is itching. I can remember being in boot camp um, and um, well, I guess that story is a little bit more about my, my other subject I was going to talk about is um, we don't, we don't succeed without making mistakes, but also um, we just got to keep trying and stay, stay focused that nothing is easy and nothing worth having or any success that you have, you're going to have to uh, have to fight for it in order to succeed. And that happened to me too, when I went to boot camp. And um, when I was in boot camp and uh, when I was enlisted for the couple of years, I can remember being, uh, being I, I got, uh, luckily got selected for what they call a flag company. What the flag company did was we got to carry the, all the 50 of the flags in parades. Um, but I, but a unit uh, the, that uh, group that I was in, that squad I was in, was actually about 70 or 80 people, meaning that everyone gets to carry a flag. Well, I was kind of excited. I really wanted to carry a flag. So I can remember being in boot camp and we go through the practice and at, for the first few months, no one had a flag. No one was assigned a flag. And I can remember the day that they finally handed out the flags. That just so happened to be the same day that it was my turn to actually go see the physician for my physical that they give you and give you your shots. I come back. And at that time, I was devastated. It was like, oh, I don't get to carry a flag because the one day they decide to finally assign flags is the one day I have to go to um to see the see the physician for my physical man i was upset so what did i do i didn't just sit down and roll over my mind was so uh competitive that i just said you know what i'm going to be the best runner-up there is and once the first person falls out i'm going to get that spot sure enough a week later um i was the best substitute and one week later, I did, before they even started to uh, march in parades, I did get my opportunity to actually carry the flag uh, in the parade. So I carried California, and I remember carrying it in the parade in Indianapolis, Indiana. It was great. But, you know, nothing comes easy. And uh, if you if you want something, you got to fight for it. So that's my, that's my story for boot camp. Um, becoming an officer. Uh, I believe I had talked to you earlier about when I um, initially applied for an officer uh, to become an officer. I had originally signed up as enlisted, and then I applied for the officer program. And what? I, I didn't pass the first time. 
But isn't it interesting that it never crossed my mind that I would not become an officer in the Navy? Uh, even though I didn't pass the exam, they said two years from now, uh, apply for the program, and then you can uh, see if you get picked up then. But in my mind, the thought was, okay, I, I, I signed up early. I made a mistake. Uh, so I got to do my two-year dues and then apply, and I expect it to be picked up. And as I told you in the previous story that the first time I had a board, <laughs> the board I had uh, didn't go well. And um, I had brought it back to my boss and he told me, look, if I were you, I'd rip that up in a week from now when you go to nuclear power school, just go ahead and apply again for have another board. And they asked more pertinent questions. And yes, I got selected as an officer. But it never occurred to me that I wouldn't make it. It was just a matter of how long it was going to take me to get there. Okay, so that's number four, becoming an officer. And then uh, number five, um, you know, finishing my MBA. When I uh, got my graduate degree and then after I got out of the military, I was working at Prudential. And, uh, you know, after two or three years, it's like one of the uh, opportunities or one of the bonuses that they give you is, uh, they will pay for college tuition. And I was just about at the time, I think it was like three or four years in, that uh, they said that if you go uh, into the college, uh, go to get your master's or your undergraduate. I had my undergraduate. But when you go get your master's, they would pay tuition. Well, um, I started there uh, when it came to the point where the uh, military GI Bill was paying part of it and then the um uh the company was paying the other part i was like wow man i'm getting paid to go to school so why not use that opportunity but here's what happened i got uh halfway through i was uh um you know i i wasn't too excited about the the clicks that were there it's another story i had mentioned in the past the clicks that were at the job so since the navy was lucrative I was able to take a leave of absence and actually do some active duty. So then I, that ended my time um, after I had done probably about four or five of the courses. But I remember the lady had mapped out a whole plan for me at Webster how to get my MBA. So I just took a pause, went in the Navy, uh, did, did my eight months, and then I switched over to American Heritage Life. Hmm. So after about five years there, I was in that position again where uh, combining my GI Bill along with the um, my GI Bill along with the uh, Navy, um, along with the money that they were going to give me for tuition from the company, I was getting 100% tuition. So I just picked up where I left off, and I, school has always been fairly simple to me, and I just continued to uh, complete that. Uh, degree and i did i t i completed that degree right on schedule i class after class one at a time year after year i think it took like three or four years after that to actually complete it and i did i completed my mba did a very good job uh with that so um and then um so so mistakes uh, just part of the learning process, but as we get older, we, we tend to be uh, risk averse or mistake 
uh, averse. We don't want to make mistakes. But it's very funny because no one succeeds without making mistakes. I always talk because I'm part of John Maxwell's team. I always talk about John Maxwell. Uh, he uh, he has some funny stories about when he first began to speak and how he uh, had this long speech that he did that uh, he went back later and said he just wanted to apologize to the people, but they probably, the ones that he talked to first, they probably didn't show up because of such a rough time he did teach you the first time. But anyways, um, that brings me to the next story. I learned, I was learning how to play piano. And, you know, as you learn how to play piano, uh, they have like little recitals. But my neighbor was learning how to play the guitar. And, um, you know, when it came time for the recital, I was going to play a Lionel Richie song. My piano teacher said, you're pretty good. Play this Lionel Richie song, practice this, and this is what you're going to use for the recital. Like, great. That's what I'll do. Now, what he told me was, he said, uh, when you get in there, you know, you're going to sing and play, which is a challenge in itself. So um, go ahead and do that. And um, he said, if you if you get stuck playing, just keep singing, and they won't even notice that um, that, that wasn't part of it. And uh, I, there was a couple of guitar players, and they were playing too. So I started playing on the, the keyboard, and um, you had the guitar players, and sure enough, in one part, you know, I got really involved into it, and I got so involved, I forgot where I was on the key, I just stopped and sang the rest of the song as a pretty good singer, so uh, it really worked out well. Well, my neighbor, um, when he got up there with the other guitar players, they had about four or five guitar players, and I can remember him standing there, and he just kind of like froze. But no one really knows. I mean, he stood there. There were other guitar players still playing, so it wasn't that big a deal. However, um, uh, since he's a neighbor, I went by his house uh, not too long after that, and his response was, that's it. Never playing uh, guitar again. And I I remembered, um, I said, no, that's not it. Everyone makes mistakes. It's just part of the process. It's part of your learning curve. Well, he didn't, um, he said, nope, that's it. I'm not going to do it anymore. And I brought him uh, John Maxwell's book. I said, uh, failing forward. Maybe it would give him the opportunity to learn that mistakes are part of the learning process. Everyone makes mistakes. And uh, it's just something you do and you move on from. Uh, yeah, because it's only through mistakes that we learn um, um, what we need to do right. And if we didn't make mistakes, we probably would never learn what right is. So let's bring that back home into our business world. Um, and a lot of times the environments we're in, they don't create a culture for um, for learning. Uh, or for mistakes, to allow mistakes. And I was taught a long time ago that as long as the mistake is not catastrophic, uh, then go ahead and uh, allow some mistakes to occur. Because let's think about it. If you did everything right um, and you never did anything wrong, you wouldn't be aware of some of the things that you need to look out for. So one of the things you need to do is to be able to to take that step forward knowing that you're probably going to make mistakes. Because it's only through the mistakes. 
that we actually advance ourselves. Um, so that was pretty much uh, what I had today. Um, I always talk ab again about um, this challenge I'm in, the, the one funnel away. I'll put the, uh, put the uh, link for that down in, in the bottom again. But to really understand the power of it, can you imagine that over the last 12 months by uh, this marketing concept has generated over 250 millionaires. They got a thing called the Two Comma Club. And um, it's because of the effectiveness of the marketing. And anyone can do it, whether you have a product to sell or not. You can even sell other people's products within the system um, because people want want their, their products sold and they need people who are effective marketers. And if you catch hold of this concept, uh, it, it can make you uh, financially free over in, in the next 12 months or less, or maybe a little bit more, depending if you're a little slow, right? <laughs> but think about it. There's a quote uh, on my wall. Excuse me a minute. Let me see if I can look at it because um, I, I forgot to write it down before I got here. It says, if you don't find a way to make money while you sleep, you will work until you die. If you don't find a way to make money while you sleep, you will work until you die. So think about the power of the Internet. Your best presentation is what's out there. And anytime anyone goes out there, that's what they get to see. Your best presentation. Not just when you're at your best. Not just when you're awake. But also when you're sleeping. So to have that going on is a tremendous, tremendous way of, uh, of getting ahead. But that's it for the day. It's been great. I uh, look forward to talking to you to tomorrow. Until tomorrow. Have a good evening. And check out the uh, One Funnel Away when I drop it in at the bottom after this broadcast. Thanks. Bye.